Welcome back to the Boys and Bolas podcast. We're not down here in the Rats Up Bunker. We're, in fact, remote this week. Uh, we haven't done a podcast in a few weeks, but I am currently out of state, Jarrett. Are you're, you... you're, you're still in the North Shore. I am still in the no-show. <laughs> yeah. I am out of state. What state are you in, in this great, great union? The great state of Ohio. Are you hanging out with John Kasich? Might have, no, I'm not. But you might have heard a toilet go off because that's I'm in an hotel room right now in uh, in Ohio, Dublin, Ohio. You're not in Dublin. With, yes, not to be confused with Dublin, Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> you had and to think also, on that one. <laughs> I had to think on that one. And there was also a town not too far from here, London, Ohio. And there's Miami, Ohio. Ohio's pretty lit when it comes to random cities. They just like to, they don't think of their own cities. They just need, they just pick and choose what they want. Exactly. They kind of look around and pick the best. I think it's a situation. It's a whole, uh, it's maybe like a cultural, some kind of cultural thing that I don't, I'm not privy to. Well, for the next pod, we all hope that you have that information. One of the things I think we just, we should probably mention just because it's in the podcast history, our digital history here is Christian Erickson going down. And one of the things I, I want to ask you, some people think that this is an unfair thing to talk about, but we've already kind of discussed this off mic, but for you, do you, do you think there's any way that he plays again? You got put, so from what I understand, uh, he had a cardiac arrest. He fell on the field. He was dead for like a couple minutes. And this may be very insensitive. I'm talking very br- uh, brusquely about this topic, but I'm just kind of laying out the facts. He, they resuscitated him. They were doing CPR on him for like many minutes. And then they finally used the defibrillator and they shocked him back into uh, his heart, back into beat. And uh, that's, he was awake on the field and he went off the field. Um, you know, he gave, you know, he was obviously awake when he left. So he was alive, but um, they put in a, not a pacemaker, but a defibrillator, like an actual defibrillator, internal defibrillator in his, uh, body. So I don't know of any player that has that in their body and plays at a professional level or would any team would be like, that's, that's legit. Uh, yeah, sure. He can play uh, soccer all the time. Uh, sure. We don't know what's wrong with his heart, but, uh, sure. Yeah. Here, here's another three-year contract. I just don't think that's like a thing that's going to happen. I completely opinion. agree with you. And we've obviously spoken about this a little bit off Mike, but it's kind of like these Players are assets, and it's why a player right before any transfer, one of the big things is they're going through their medical. Because normally at the highest level, the players don't get rejected. There's not some like ACL injury that they didn't disclose, and then that comes up on an MRI that they have or whatever. But I just don't see a way that a team says, we're going to take him on the books knowing what has already happened, which is a really, unfortunately, really sad thing for Christian. but. I think his family would totally agree that there are things greater than soccer. And one of the wild things about Erickson's collapse is that he doesn't really remember any of it. So in some sense, it wasn't traumatic for him, but it was traumatic for the rest of the world and anyone who was watching that game. Because I told you my father and I were watching and we were pretty emotional because it was an, it was an unreal scene, unlike anything I'd ever seen before in the game with all the players kind of standing around, some of them tearful, some of them crying. And you can see them visibly doing CPR. So we don't need to talk about this too much because the world knows what happens. Christian's better. He's 
watching the games and we're going to talk about obviously the round of 16 and it was great to see Denmark go through great to see them beat up on, I believe they beat up on Russia, which was phenomenal. They also went into the last game knowing that they had to win and other things had to happen and they maybe could have gone home, but they actually were able to get in the round of 16. So that was really cool. One of the other things I wanted to talk about was how off we were with Harry Kane. Is Harry Kane going to score a goal in the tournament, Jeff? He's your boy, Spurs boy. I'm confused. How far off were we? We said he was going to get the golden boot, and he's oh, five behind boy. Ronaldo. Well, he got the golden boot in the World Cup, so. It's Is true, it? but yeah. I mean, it's not like a, fa- it's not like a ridiculous thing to say. He's it's not a ridiculous a team, thing to say. He's playing in a very, I think Southgate has that team set up very defensive. Uh, with Declan Rice and then basically a f- almost like a five back. They're like playing a, f- I don't know, the whole their whole setup is not to get the ball to Kane. It's kind of like, I don't know, I don't even know, like just have Sterling make runs and I don't know, have him like go do things. But th- it's not a lot of service to Kane, basically. Uh, he's, he's He has like three or four touches a game now. He's played all three games, started all three games, hasn't played the whole game, but uh the reason why he hasn't had any chances on goal or any goals is not, it's not his fault. It's similar to what would happen in games where he didn't show up uh, during the Spurs season where he just wasn't getting, there was no connection between the defense and the the forward. So there's no, there's that, there's no creative midfield link uh, in those game in those games. And um, that's, that's an England problem, not a Harry Kane problem. So I don't think that he's suddenly going to come on. I don't think this team is going to suddenly start scoring four or five goals a game. Uh, it's really telling when Sterling has the only two goals that they've scored. Both, I feel like both of those goals were sitters. They weren't particularly like impressive displays of, uh, you know, forward attacking by Sterling. They were just, he was in the right place at the right time. He, the first goal, he got that through ball from, Phillips and he obviously should have scored that goal. Any any forward should have scored that goal. And then the second, he just would happen to be there to get the header. I mean, he's not a tall guy. He doesn't score a header goal. So that's just how it crumbled, cookie crumbled for them. They didn't let in any goals. I think that's important. I think for for Southgate, uh, I think he really just doesn't want to lose games. He doesn't. He's. I mean, especially in the group stage, he didn't want to uh, give up any goals, lose a game. He was okay with drawing. He knew drawing would get probably get drawing a win would probably get them through. Do you think Kane's undroppable? Based on the way that I just don't see another player that can do as much as Kane can draw defenders away, come back on defense, defend on headers on set pieces. There's just not another player really on. I don't see Rashford doing that. I don't see. Grealish doing that as there's no other players that can replace what Kane can do. So he's a sixth. He's, he's a, what about, that, wait, what about Dominic Calvert? Calvert-Lewin. Oh, I heard DCL, DCL getting, I don't know. If he's DCL just, he's got, just been on the bench. He's just been on the bench. Riding the pine. Do we give him, do you give him a, him a shot in the round of 16 against Germany? I don't know. I think that'd be a big power play from Gary Southgate, but I don't know. Maybe he'll do it. We really thought that I really thought that this tournament was going to define kind of like how the next season, how the club season was going to go for Kane. I, if he was going to go to City, if he was going to command that high price tag, or if 
he was going to stay at Spurs. And I still think that he's going to stay at Spurs just because I don't think they're going to sell him. But now his value might be dropping a little bit because he's not doing anything in these euros, you know? Do you think that a hundred, I've read that Man City's trying to do a hundred for Kane. Do you think Spurs take that or they're going to say we want 110? No, they're going to, they're not going to take it. He's not, he's not for sale a hundred million. You don't think so? No. And I think it's going to be this most Spursy thing when he gets injured halfway through the season or his, he doesn't score as many goals and his value drops. And then they are left with a player that has no, like they're going to be left holding the bag. Yeah. It's a real quiet. They could have cashed in and they didn't. That's a total Spurs thing. They're going to, they could have cashed in, but they didn't. And then now they're left with the player that's just winding down his contract and then it will go anywhere on a free. And then he'll probably end up playing really well. So I, I've heard that City is willing to wait another year. Uh, I also heard that City offered $100 million and like Sterling and Jesus or Sterling and or Jesus. But Spurs weren't interested. I just don't think Spurs want to – I don't think $100 million Spurs are going to bite. One of the crazier things that I actually want you to talk about because I feel like you maybe understand it a little bit better than I do is – the Chilwell Mount Billy Gilmore situation, because you and I had picked Mason Mount to be the young player of the tournament, which is probably likely not going to happen. He's only played in two games in both those games. It was meh. You know, he didn't really make a big, didn't really make a big splash. And then in the third game, he wasn't able to play at all with Chilwell. And that's because, from what I understand, they were talking with Gilmore after the game, Chelsea boys. And then Gilmore tests positive, and because they were, because they came into contact so close or something like I, I don't understand. It. Gilmore also played that game, so wouldn't he have been in contact with all of the English players? The whole thing just seemed really funky. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but then Gilmore, sorry, sorry, Chilwell and Mount then couldn't play the next game for England. Um, yet all the Scottish players got to play for Scotland, even though Gilmore was in a locker room with them. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, so from my understanding, is it, the way it transpired was at the end of the game, they were all kind of like talking and were in close contact. And I guess they talked for a while. So it wasn't just like, hey, good game, bro, nice job. See you like in a couple of weeks. It was like they were like hugging and like chatting for a while. It was like minutes, many minutes. And so like, I guess by all standards of COVID protocol, they had broken that protocol where they were in close contact with another player for, and then that player tests positive. They didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but the fact that they were with him that long, uh, especially on camera, especially after like, you know, that it showed that they were potentially, uh, you know, exposed to Gilmore. And then but it does really raise it. Does, the big thing is, is it raises a question for me is that, I mean, Gilmore probably spends a hell of a lot more time with his Scottish teammates, especially at this time. That's what I'm saying. He's sharing a hotel room. room with one of them playing cards at night or sitting around talking. I, the whole thing was weird. And for me, I think you hit the nail on the head that I hadn't thought about until you said it, but it's the optics. They were just seen on camera. Therefore, UEFA had to step in and say, okay, you two guys are done because of the optics. And speaking of the optics, too, it was wild to see that UEFA during Pride Month wouldn't let the Allianz be lit up with rainbow colors. 
uh, UEFA is uh, they're not they're not reading the room, right? <laughs> right. Um, they I, that was very surprising. They're not political. They don't want to. They don't get involved in political matters. And this was a political matter because they're lighting it up because Hungary's playing Germany and Hungary isn't. Is uh, it was very convoluted. The way yeah, Hungary's Hungary's government is not down with the LGBTQIA plus community. And so for that, the the whole thing was just very strange. It was very strange. And it's one of those things too, where when people, when you say, oh, I don't want to get political about it, but the decision you make then is actually a political one because UEFA not allowing the Allianz to be lit up was a huge political statement. And then there was that pitch invader who ran around with the rainbow flag right in front of Hungary. So it was just kind of like, I don't know, there's just so much in play right now at this Euros on a, like a geopolitical level. And that's why I was so pumped to see Denmark kick the crap out of Russia. Um, but anyways, neither here nor there. Let's look at the round of 16 because I think there are some crazy, crazy, juicy matchups. And then there's some also some matchups that, you know, there's some matchups where you maybe have wanted to see these two teams play further down the way. But as it is, because of the group of death, you're going to see some big teams play early. And so you want to start, I mean, like right away, Belgium, Portugal, these are two teams which we've outlined as likely winners. So who do you yeah, have I in this game? I didn't see this shaking out the way it shook up, but Portugal played meh during the group stage. They kind of came alive in the last game. Uh, I, I, I see Belgium seeing this one through. They have the defense that, uh, can can stop uh, Cristiano, uh, barring a penalty in the box. I think the reason why he's in the Golden Boot conversation is because of penalty kicks. But uh, he, this team, this Portugal team, lets in goals. So uh, I just think Belgium is better. I just think be- Belgium is a better better all around team. Even with Lukaku playing, I think De Bruyne's getting back to full health. I think he he had a he didn't play the first game. Is that right? And yeah, and then he came on as a sub in the 45th minute in the second game, and then he played the third game. And he's just looked better and better. And I think he said that he doesn't have any feeling in his face, but I don't think you need feeling in your face uh, to play uh, soccer with your feet. So <laughs> to play big, big statement by you, Jeff. <laughs> so I think he'll be the difference maker. I think he's like their creative uh, spark in the midfield and gets the thing, gets everything going. So I, I see I see Belgium moving forward, and, I, and that I'm glad to see Portugal go out because I just it's not fun to watch. Port- I don't think it's that interesting to watch Portugal play. Portugal has been an interesting one because I thought that they played really well against Hungary, and also we definitely need to shout out the fact that Ronaldo has equaled Adai's all time international goal record at 109. Yes, he's done it with some penalties, but it doesn't matter. He's equaled his all-time, so we could see the all-time international goal record be broken in this game if Ronaldo scores, which I think is a it's a very, 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 very big moment um, for Cristiano, for the country of Portugal, and for all of us who were privy enough to honestly watch one of the best to ever do it. I also so who Belgium. do you think is going to win the game? Belgium. Okay. 100% Belgium. I just think they're a more complete team, and I think that after watching Germany kick the crap out of Portugal – I, you know, I, I see that. Uh, I see Belgium potentially running away with it, honestly. Next game, Italy, Aust- Austria. Who do you got? 
Italy, 100%. Italy are the best team in the tournament, I feel like, right now. Just playing all around. Very strong. That Italian defensive soccer. (laughs) A little flair with uh, some of their attacking players. You love to see it. France versus Jiren Shakiri. Who do you have? Oh, by the way, I want to bring this up because everybody's been talking about these Italian players and now like every player in this Italian team is linked to a Premier League club. Oh, dude, like. Locatelli has been on like, everyone's Photoshop. Everyone's like, Photoshop. Brutal. The Man United meme factory is busy. <laughs> everybody's calling up those guys' agents. Dude. Who do I got? Italy? 100%. But the, the, the problem, the, the big problem with this is that Italy then are in the bracket, they would go and play be- the winner of the Belgium-Portugal game. And that just sucks. I would, Italy-Belgium would be a great final, but it's just not going to shake out that way. So It, is, it isn't going to shake out that way. But let's – can we, we do all round of 16 and then we'll do round let's of do all round of 16. Sorry, I didn't have Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So okay. please answer my question. France versus the human cube <laughs> starting 11, Jiren Shakiri. You've got oh. – dude, he's so, he's so fire. He's so fire. He scored two pretty <laughs> nice goals in the last, in the last game. Top bins. Hashtag top bins. <laughs> Don't. Uh, I, I think Mbappe has looked very pedestrian, to be honest. Missed a bunch of chances. Just kind of like. I think Mbappe. Not making, taking them. Yeah. Very well, strange. you know, Mbappe with Benzema is a different look for France. When you had Mbappe and Griezmann playing off Giroud, he was a lot more just kind of, I'm going to be in the middle of the park. I'm going to flick it on. Or I'm going to lay it back to Pogba and then he's going to play you through in a third man run type of thing. But Benzema does a lot more work up top than Giroud does. And so I think that they're kind of maybe crossing lanes a little bit. But Mbappe has looked really good in this tournament. He just, you know, he's missing that final touch. Yeah. Yeah. He had a couple like, dude, he had a couple moves in the Portugal game and I was just like, oh my God, he's so good. But His like, feet are so good, and he's so fast. Pogba looks is a different player when he plays for France, in a good way. Uh, Griezmann looks good; he looks sharp. I think that Benzema looks fine. Mbappe looks quick; hasn't finished his chances. So it really just it, if Mbappe turns it on, this team is unbeatable. Loris basically had a brain fart and gave a penalty, and that was really the, the reason why that game was close. It was, was a very yeah. Spursy. It was so Spursy. Dude, do you think he's wearing the Spurs jersey underneath the France jersey? He wants to keep at that least, close to his heart. Shorts. At least the shorts. Minimally the shorts. <laughs> I, if France doesn't win this game, it's unbelievable. And Giro Shakiri like, literally is a hat like, trick. It is like underdog of the century here. With like, I, I mean, this French team is, is on the level. Is fire. <sighs> Croatia, Spain. I got the Croats for this. <laughs> You're gonna, yeah. I mean, Spain on paper should be better, but they just looked, except for that last game where they they laid the smack down. They laid was, like they had like a people's elbow every five minutes <laughs> in that game. It was really because the first two games they just like it was like uh, they were told not to score goals. It was like if you yeah. have eighty percent plus possession, you win the game, even though they tied both the games. I just think I don't know. After watching Croatia in the last World Cup. I just kept kind of doubting them. Oh, they're not going to do it. Oh, they're not going to do it. Well, in the group stage of the last World Cup, they beat Argentina like 3 nothing or something. So you knew that they were real. Modric obviously wins the golden ball off that tournament. And watching him last game, I just thought he looked inspired again. 
And so I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Croatia. I just think like a one nothing type of situation. Yeah, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a beautiful game, but I think the Spanish are gonna get caught in transition. And you know, I don't also think this this Spain team has really played great teams yet. And this Croatia yeah, team is like a stronger Morata, team. I mean, Morata's good, but like he's not. If, dude, if he's your nine, that's bad. It's just it's it's bad. It's bad. It's he's bad. Just not so, the, he's just not the one. The other thing so is, I, I agree with you, Croatia. Yeah. You agree. The other thing is, Croatia in the last World Cup, round of 16, round of eight, semis, they took all those three games into OT. So, this is a game that could go OT, and Croatia just last them out. You know, just kind of, we're going to just push them to the wire a little bit. But I, 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 see I, I like Modric scoring a worldie and taking them through. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, like Perisic was finally finding oh, Perisic, some form. Yeah. So, I think Croatia will do it, but we'll see. Sweden, Ukraine. I, I don't know. I don't know. Ukraine's looked pretty good, to be fair. I, I watched them and I actually really enjoyed some of the stuff that they were doing. I just think the Swedish team is a little bit more organized, probably a little bit more disciplined, but, you know, any given Sunday. But I, I mean, they money, finished top of the group, right? Yep. I, I would, I'm still going to go, I'm, I'm going to go Sweden, though. See this, see, this is where I want like Sweden to play Belgium and Ukraine to play Portugal. Yeah. I hate that Belgium and Portugal have to play. I hate that now the next game, England and Germany have to play. Like, I, I just wish that they were like, I know that this is how we have to do tournaments, but I think there's a lot of us that would want to see not England, Germany, not France, Port- excuse me, not Belgium, Portugal so, so early in the knockout round. Because it's just kind of like, I don't know. Anyways, but yeah. England, Germany, what do you think here? I know. Speechless. I'm speechless because I, I <laughs> don't know what German team we're gonna get. Right? True. Are we gonna get are we gonna get the German team where Mueller and you know doing things in the midfield? I mean playing well. I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what German team we're gonna get. And so I'm gonna say England because they can grind out a win. I think they're gonna grind this win out. I think they're just gonna they have the defense to stop Germany. I just don't know if I don't know if England can produce a goal in open play. I'm going to disagree. So you're going to go with England on this. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with Germany because I think this German team is just strictly going to create more opportunities. That's it. And with more opportunities, just more increased chance of goal, and that's it. England team really doesn't create a lot of opportunities. I think England's brought big problem with Declan Rice. And I know people aren't going to agree with me on this because I don't think that he, I think you have Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice playing pretty much the same role. And I don't think there's a player that links the defense in the, in the forwards. And I think, and they need another, they need a creative, another creative midfielder to be playing because Saka can't do it all. Saka did a lot in that game when he played and he, he was making fire runs. Like he looked really good. He got man of the match, obviously, but you can't expect him to do everything. Like Kane was pretty much invisible. Sterling had the goal, but he was just making runs. He was cut, cre- creating havoc like he usually does. I just think there's a there's there's a player like there's a when Grealish came on, it, it looked a little better. But I still think there's a missing midfield player that needs to start and play in this England team that is just, it's not connecting things together because their defense is good. You got Walker, 
you got Stones, you got even McGuire played good just first not, first game, you know, back. I think those I think their defense is great. There's just no player there to like get the distribute the ball up. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, they don't really have a 10. Grealish will kind of float around, drop into a false nine. But I do agree that there is some midfield. So, and, and that's to your point. This is why I do think Germany will win. But I think they can and, like, okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 I see your point. I, I don't know if I, I think on paper, <coughs> England win, but I think Germany's a better team. That's all. But I do agree with you. Are they going to play more? Is he going to start? Is he going to come off the bench like he did last game? That's a big question. I just, I don't, I just think that Germany will get create more opportunities and therefore are more Kimmich, likely to Kimmich win. Is, Kimmich is a difference maker. He's really good. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He's he's unbelievable. And um, he's probably FIFA eleven. Yeah, I I just they've got. I mean, they have talent on that team. It's it's a pretty evenly matched game, I guess. I guess just based on the way that England's been playing. They're, you're right. They're not as cohesive as a team as Germany. Uh, I think that Southgate's, I've been saying this all along, and we talk a lot off, offline with Nader and Eddie about how this, how we don't think Southgate really knows what his best 11 is. I think that's a big problem, right? And so he doesn't, he doesn't have any idea what combination and what formation in that midfield to put together to get Kane the best service, to get Sterling making the best runs if he's playing him, to get you know, to, if he's if he wants to play Rashford, if he should be playing DC, he doesn't know. He's got to, he. I think it's like a it's too many. It's like an embarrassment of riches. He's like got, got too much shit, too many good players. Yeah, he, he has so many what, options. He has so many options because in the last game, you know, he could he brings on Rashford, right? Foden didn't even play last game. Does he bring DCL off the bench? He has so many options. And not just at forward, but like all over the field. I mean, Reese James and Ben Chilwell, obviously Chilwell wasn't around for last game, but like those guys ball. He, he just has so many options. I really so, do think Mason Mount needs to play well. He needs to start. He needs to play well. And he needs to be that player that's linking up. He needs, he needs to, he needs to be, he needs to play as well as he played during the club season. for the So season. one of the things too, with the English team is when Phillips, and Rice play, then they're going to play basically with two holders, and then they leave Mount up top, for example. I think that they're good enough. They only need to play with one holder and then push the two up right behind Kane, and it's just going to be a lot more dynamic. And if Josh Armour is listening to this, yeah, if Josh Armour is listening to this, that's the way he and I like to play with one holder, two kind of like tens, you could call them, but it just makes the midfield so much more dynamic and it also creates problems when the other team turns it over. If they have a holding midfielder or if they have two, if they have two, then you, then you have a one-to-one situation. If they have a one holder, you have a two-to-one situation. So when the transition happens, you have two guys who, if they win the ball, they're more likely to make a direct straight ball pass into the nine or, you know, into a run. So I would like to see Gary be a little bit less conservative because if England goes out, and tries not to lose, they will lose. Because Germany's going to go out and try to win this game. Germany are almost lucky to be here. I mean, I thought Hungary was going to knock them out. And it was 2-1. to one. I was like losing my shit. Germany ties it up 1-1. And then Hungary scored moments after that with that ridiculous goal where first time I've seen Neuer in a long time kind of get caught in no man's land. But I, I, I don't know. This game is going to be probably overtime. 
Would you concur? I agree. That's why I said grind it out. Okay. So you're going to go England. I'm going to go Germany. Let's go to the next game. Netherlands, Czech. This is one of those games where I have not been too impressed by the Czech Republic. In the England game, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. But this is a game where I think Czech Republic could surprise and maybe could beat Holland. I'm picking Holland to win, but I'm just kind of calling out the fact that I think this could be kind of like an upset. Were you? Did you also pick Memphis Depay as golden boot? I picked Memphis Depay as golden boot just because he had to play against North Macedonia. I believe he scored two goals. I mean, Ronaldo's going to win the golden boot unless Lukaku does a tap dance on Portugal, scores a couple goals, and then you know Belgium continue on in the tournament, so he just has more games. But I think Ronaldo will probably win the golden boot because someone now has to score six goals because if you tie Ronaldo and you score five goals, he will have done it in a shorter amount of time now, even if the tournament stops tomorrow. So someone's going to have to score six goals. I picked Memphis Depay for golden boot kind of as a long shot, but I do think the Netherlands will win this. And then I think they'll beat in the round of eight, their potential opponents, whoever they are. Um, so who do you do you think che- the Czech Republic has a chance to win this? No, I think it's going to be Netherlands. Okay, so last game on the round of sixteen, Wales and Denmark. My boys, Davis, Roden, Bale, the Spurs boys, Spurs boys. Uh, Denmark, I, I think Denmark are going to play inspired. They're a better football team than, De- than Wales all around. A lot of youth on the we- Welsh team. Uh, I just think that Denmark will, grind- will probably win 2-1. to one. I'm going Denmark. I Watching them play the last game was awesome. And, yeah, I think they, of all the teams, they really have something to play for. And they also have nothing to lose because they lost arguably their best player in their 10 in the first couple minutes of, you know, the first game of a tournament. And they've managed to get into the group stage. I mean, excuse me, the knockout stage from the group stage. So I don't think they really have anything to lose. I think, you know, and they also qualified in the last game. So I think that they have less to lose. However, Wales last tournament, 2016, made it to the semifinals. So for them to get knocked out in the round of 16, I think would be a failure for their tournament. And it's also the last time I think Gareth Bale will probably play an international tournament, who's arguably Wales, one of, you know, all-time best players. So I think the Welsh will feel hard done if they lose. And I think the Danes don't really have anything to lose, in my opinion. So that's why I think the Danes will likely win. I just, you know, less pressure. But we'll see. Do you want to do round of eight and go all the way through? Or should we wait and do another one? I don't want to go all the way through. All right. We'll let the people think about these picks. And yeah, we'll, we'll, have, a whole other week. we'll have a whole other week to think about these just things. To, just, just, to, just to let it marinate. Yeah, this. Well, I want to see who wins these games this weekend, right? I'm going to post on Instagram our picks, and I'll have to put England slash Germany because you are going. You are growing with the colonial fathers. I just like. It's coming I just home, think, baby. Oh my God. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. Raheem Sterling. We shit in Raheem Can you Sterling imagine how many people what's up? We shit a lot in Raheem Sterling in this podcast. He gets and... a lot of heat from the bullets. Have you can you imagine that Raheem Sterling will probably be the catalyst for many births? Because after those games, 
people go home and they're he's like the aphrodisiac because they won. That's pretty scary. That's cr- pretty creepy, to be honest. I'm just I'm just spitting facts. He's a he's he's uh there's something to be said about being in the right place at the right time scoring goals. It's called being a goal scorer. <laughs> I mean <laughs> <laughs> he's your boy, dude. I have to say, Jeff. It would be a crude, crude reality if uh, you lose Kane, you get some cash, and then they send you Sterling, your favorite player. He would, he would just mope and cry on the sidelines. If that happens, are you going to get a Sterling Spurs jersey? I'm going to buy. No, I'm going to buy you one. You have to if you it. bought me a Sterling Spurs jersey, if he was on Spurs, I might wear it. You would be so pissed and so happy at the same time, but also really pissed. I got Jared a gift. Uh, he hasn't opened it yet, um, but he. I keep joking that it's going to be a uh, what is it? A, a Manchester City Harry Kane jersey? Oh my god! Oh, no, an Erl, an Erlen Holland Chelsea jersey. Exactly, exactly. An Erlen Holland telling Chelsea. Him all these. An Mbappe Chelsea jersey. Oh my <laughs> god, the dream! Yeah, PSG. You should take Werner. He's uh, he's quite the quite the character. No, I saw a rumor. Um, who did I see? AC is it AC Milan or AC AC Milan wants Inter? three players. They want AC they Milan signed Samori. Yeah, they already signed Samori. They want to bring in Giroud and they want Ziyech, which is like, totally take fine. Take, take him. him. I would like to Ziyech keep Giroud loss. if we could. Uh, but Ziyech, he can go. He's not panned out. We yeah. Anyways, well, let's end it there. You're out in Ohio. You're in like a different. Did you bring your passport? It's a different country out there. Yeah, it's it's wild out here. Midwest is a wild place. It's wild or is it wildin'? It's wild. It's, <laughs> it's crazy out here. Pray for me, though. I'll be coming back home Sunday. Prayers up. Prayers up. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolos podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, at Boys and Bolos. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned or email us directly at boysandbowls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.